0: Welcome to the Prophecy Club. Our topic today is another finger pointing to the fact that the Tribulation may have started. I said may. I'm not going to say the Tribulation has started until I get another confirmation. However, it does look like it is very, very close. The next thing we're going to talk about is the real agenda behind climate change and archaeology and the 10 universal principles for climate justice or man's Ten Commandments. Okay, first of all, another finger pointing to the start of the Tribulation. Again, I'm not saying the Tribulation has started. Not yet. At least I'm not saying that yet. It may have started, but I'm not ready to admit that yet until I get another confirmation. Now, I already read all of this, and so I'm just going to point out a couple of things. This is where Vicki Goforth Parnell says that the angel Gabriel came to her and said, a time of trials, both testing and trying, has arrived. It has begun. It starts right now for your world. Now, God's right now does not necessarily mean our right now. God's today doesn't always mean our today. Okay, so his time clock is a day with the Lord is a thousand years. Okay, so it's very, very slow compared to ours. She also says that the angel said, no longer are the orders of judgment sitting in heaven's court to be administered, but now have now been passed to the earth's inhabitants. And she says that she was told the time of tribulation has now come upon your world. Let it be known for the time of horrors upon the horrors of your world shall last for 70 weeks or seven years in the calendar of your world today. Now that sounds pretty much like she did say the tribulation starts. And then we go to Terry Bennett. Now, 1023-2022 He says that the angel Gabriel visited him also, blew a trumpet or a shofar in his presence, and said, it is time. The first seal has been broken. Okay, that's the start of the tribulation. He went on down to say, in real time, Revelation chapter 5 is occurring in heaven now. That was back on April the 2nd. At Chapter 5, if you go back and read it, which I'd highly recommend, is talking about who is worthy to open the book and to loose the seven seals thereof. No man in heaven nor on the earth, neither under the earth was able to open the book, neither looked thereon. And it went much, because no man was found worthy to open the book, neither to look thereon. And it goes on to say, essentially, Jesus, and only Jesus, was qualified to open the book, meaning the seven sealed books of the tribulation, meaning no one else is qualified to start and to judge the earth. Then he said, on October 5th, the angel visited again and said, it is time the first seal has been broken. Who is worthy to take the book? So we have two people saying the tribulation has started. And I'm going to say two credible people say the tribulation has started. Now, again, I'm not ready to say it yet. But Gabriel blows, blows his shofar and says, it's time. I see the Son of God has broken the first seal. The ride on the white horse is going forth. All right, now let's move on. The real agenda behind climate change. Okay, so what are they really doing with climate change? What they're really doing is I believe that they know that their use of Scalar Wave and CERN and other portal generating technology is going to destroy the earth. So they're using the destruction of the earth that they will cause and use that destruction to destroy Christians and Jews. Well, You know, in order to stop the destruction of the earth, we got to stop, we got to do this, we got to do it. And one of them is to get rid of all of the people that have not taken the mark, you see. Now, if you look at this, this is what it's talking about climate change. So we're going to specifically look at just the trumpets. From here to way over the seventh trumpet, which is off the page for you. Those seventh trumpets are the last 7 months just before Jesus returns. We see hail fire and blood they're going to say climate change. We see another meteor say, cast into the sea. Climate change, meteor worm, wide star uh, poisons the rivers and fountains of waters. Climate change, we got to get rid of these Christians. We got to anybody ahead not tell you the mark of the beast got to get rid of them. Then a third part of the sun is made of the moon and the day, show not for the uh, the night likewise. we got to get rid of the Christians. Okay, see, that's where they're really going. That's the real hidden agenda behind climate change is to do basically whatever they want to do, which is put their man on the throne and kill all the Christians and Jews. So I'm going to ask you a question. Why do Democrats want to tax the rich? I'll say it again. Why do Democrats want to tax the rich? And they say, pay your fair share. It is not to make taxes fair or to help the poor. What is their real agenda? The real agenda is they want to eliminate competition because these are the 1% that own the 99%. About a million of them own the world. And if they can just continue to tax the rich so that there's no one else that's rich, that means they continue to be in charge of the world. But when someone gets wealthy, like DJT, he can threaten them. That's the real reason they want to tax the rich. Now let's get to archaeology and the 10 universal principles for climate justice. Ron Wyatt told me that we went, when we went on the tour with him in 1991, where we saw Moses, uh, I mean, where we saw uh, the, the Noah's Ark, the real tomb of Jesus, crossing side of the Red Sea, the entrance point, when he, he said he found the Ark of the Covenant, and he said when he was in the cave where the Ark of the Covenant was, He said that the angel came into it and lifted off the lid of the Ark of the Covenant, which he says is 600 pounds of almost solid gold. And he said no one man could even come close to lifting that thing. He said it took two angels to lift the lid off of the Ark of the Covenant. And he said during that conversation, the angel turned to him and said many things. But one of the things he said is, when they release man's Ten Commandments, God will release the real Ten Commandments. God has put enough evidence out of the earth to prove his word, and before he brings final judgment on the world, he will release these truths to prove his word. Now, as you recall, I've told you many times, August 8th, 2015, Saturday night, Lord, I don't have anything to say for the sermon. Tomorrow morning, what do you want to say? And I promise, sitting in this chair, looking at this monitor, I heard words. And it said, this is the time of miracles. As the judgment hits, so will my miracles. Miracles like no one has seen, going all the way back to Adam and Eve. You tell them, I will never leave them nor forsake them. I'm going to meet the devil, inch for inch, step for step, pound for pound, everything he does, I'm going to meet him. This is meeting him. In other words, when they bring out man's Ten Commandments, God is going to bring out the real Ten Commandments. When they bring out the false Christ, called the Antichrist, God is going to show them that Jesus' blood is actually on the Ark of the Covenant, which is right under the center cross hole, right where Jesus' blood dripped on the left side or the east side of the Ark of the Covenant. And he's going to prove that Jesus literally was the Lamb of God and fulfilled all of the Levitical covenants concerning animal sacrifice. Literally, he was the Lamb of God. Now, in 1023 23 of 22, I made a recording on a Sunday morning at our church, and you can go watch it. If you'd like to see me talk about our tour to Mount Saudi, or to Saudi Arabia, to Mount Sinai. Now, I did not climb all the way to top of Mount Sinai. I had tried. I got probably 40% of the way up, and I was exhausted. Matter of fact, I mean, if I didn't have a walking stick, I think by the time I got home, I didn't think I could, I could walk. I, I was, I've never been so exhausted my whole life. But anyway, I talked about the crossing of the Red Sea, Elam, uh, the split rock at Horeb. You can pause and read all of this. It tells more about it. Jehovah Nisi, the plateau, the altar that Moses built, the golden calf altar, the gravesite of the 3,000 Moloch worshipers, and the well at Midian, Moses chased the shepherds away. Now, I say that because that's, I didn't count them. Up, eight or nine things that, in my opinion, I have actually seen. Leslie has seen too. And to me, it absolutely positively proves that the real Mount Sinai is in Saudi Arabia. Now, the interesting thing is, for, I don't know, well over a thousand years, they have thought that the real Mount Sinai is actually in Egypt. That's wrong. But it's the one in Egypt where (laughs) they're going to create this man's Ten Commandments. Now, let's get to it. Also, it, it, Coverstone Dream here talked about this. I'm not going to read the whole thing. I'm just going to read a couple of paragraphs that relate to it. So August, October 15th, he calls it the Halloween Dream. I don't think it has anything to do with Halloween. I think it has to do with churches, specifically Christians, wearing masks or playing games of the God. And I'm not going to read the whole thing. He says, I was running through a large parking lot filled with cars covered with Christian bumper stickers. I was running towards a large church, and I didn't recognize, but it was about 15 minutes late, and kept looking at my watch. I got to the front door, started in, and Usher, wearing a vest marked Usher, said, You're late. I said, I know, and headed towards the sanctuary door. Now, when he says, You're late, he's talking to a watchman. Dana Coverstone, like you and I, if you're watching this right now, you're a watchman. Okay, No one could stand this if they're not a watchman. So he's saying as watchmen, we're late in getting the warning message out. It, we're running out of time, meaning the tribulation has either started or about to start. I'm going to skip several pages. I put the costume on the floor, and the guy came back behind me, and tried to stand me up before force to make me put it on. Nobody moved around me as I said, what kind of church is this? And then the man on the platform said very loudly, now this is the important part. This is our church church. In other words, this is not the church of Jesus. This is the church of man. This is our church, and we make the rules around here. I burst out of the man's grip and ran to the front of the church and said, by questioning the Ten Commandments, that's the big important part. By questioning the Ten Commandments, you're violating the foundation of Scripture. Let me read that again. That's really important. Matter of fact, let me back up. He said, this is man behind the platform, This is our church, meaning this is man's church. And we make the rules around here. You see, a lot of times, even in the days of Jesus, they were making uh, commandments of God, the commandments of men. Well, we're doing the same thing today. Nothing new under the sun. Many, sad to say, many of the churches out there are not following the teachings of the King James Bible. They're following their own teachings. They're probably not even following the teachings of some perverted Bible. I burst out of the man's grip and ran to the front of the church, saying, By questioning the Ten Commandments, you are violating the foundation of Scripture. By questioning the Ten Commandments, you are violating the foundation of Scripture. In other words, they're trying to destroy the foundation of Christianity. Why? because they want to bring their man in, the false Christ, the antichrist, the beast, to sit on the Ark of the Covenant, proclaim himself God, and require everybody to worship him. That's where they're really and truly going. I was going. His reply was that we no longer needed scripture to live right, but must follow or allow culture to guide us. We no longer needed scripture to live right. They're saying, let's throw away the Bible. Let's have man's Bible. That's what they're saying. Then I heard a noise from the back of the sanctuary and turned to see the Jesus man that comes to him in the dreams. Walking down the aisle towards me, he said, you can try to keep me out. You can discount my word, or I would say corrupt it with the perversions of the Bible. Discount my word, but I will not be silent or locked out. He walked past me to the pulpit where he grabbed the speaker's face and pulled it off, which was a mask the whole time. Meaning, sad to say, A lot of the preachers out there are not really called to God. They're not really preaching the whole word of God. They're demons. And specifically, as it relates to this man's ten commandments I'm about to read to you about, specifically, it's calling them devils. Let's go on. Now, a pale demonic face was revealed, and there was audible gasp in the sanctuary. The speaker tried to speak, but Jesus said, You will speak no more. Jesus breathed toward the demoniac, and he disappeared in a wisp of smoke. Jesus then turned to the crowd and said, As I expose the truth, you will be given the chance to take your mask off. If not, your circumstances will tear them from your face and take your eyes with them. Meaning they won't be able to see. They won't be able to find the truth. Just like the men at Sodom and Gomorrah that couldn't find the door. You that know the word know better. And those that have never studied my word will stay dressed in a costume, and miss heaven, because you chose to remain in ignorance. Even if you hide from the truth, it will confront you, and it will confront you to the front of your face. Then he looked right at me and said, it's not too late to warn the body, as there are still many that will hear it. But woe to those who refuse to listen at this point. Now, I'm going to skip on, because I made my point. I'm going to skip that. This is from Interfaith Center for Sustainable Development. Headline. In Sinai, okay, this is not the Saudi Arabia, the real Sinai. This is the Egyptian, the false Sinai. In Sinai, a prophetic call for climate justice and ceremony of repentance. Why are they pumping climate uh, justice to us so much? Climate change? Because they are going to use high technology to destroy the earth, just like the Bible says in Revelation. And as they destroy it, that's going to give them the cause to start killing a lot of people. Between November 6th and 18th of 2022, the UN Climate Conference, or COP27, will take place on the Sinai Peninsula. See, not Saudi Arabia, where the real Mount Sinai is. I've been there. I've climbed part of it. Sinai Peninsula in Sharm el-Sheikh, Egypt. Now. That's the false Sinai in Egypt. The real one is in Mount Sinai in Saudi Arabia. Religious communities and religious leaders have a key role to play in addressing climate change and climate justice, which requires deep transformation within society. And what's the problem? You are the problem. (laughs) You Jesus believers, (laughs) you're the problem. The knowledge of what changes are critically needed to diminish long-term harm to the planet is already available, or readily available. To support, challenge, and inspire discussions, So oh, they sound so good, during COP27 at Sharm el-Sheikh, interfaith climate events will take place at a Sharm el-Sheikh, London, Jerusalem, and else- elsewhere that will be heart-stirring, transformative and a moment of inspiration for religious communities and for humanity. Religious leaders, here it is, here it is, this is getting close, will call for a re-examination of deep-seated attitudes and for identifying ways to transform these attitudes for the well-being of Earth, our common home. Now, what are they really saying? They're saying, we're going to gather together to do away with these old laws, like the Ten Commandments, like the King James Bible, like Christianity. We're going to do away with that because we want to form a new earth, or a new world, or a new order, or a new world order. That is man's order, not God's order. See, right now the world is based upon God's book, the Bible, but they're going to come out with, a new Ten Commandments, a new set of laws, a new set of rules, and they're going to do away with the old ones, and they're going to do away with those people that still believe in them, i.e., you and me. Mount Sinai is a mountain whose memory and meaning loom large as a place of revelation in the collective consciousness of Christianity, Judaism, and Islam. Isn't that what Terry Bennett said they were going to do? Isn't that what also um, Shane Warren said they were going to do? The same thing. Said that they would be using Christianity, Judaism, and Islam and would meld those together to form one religion. Why? Because the other religions have many gods. Christianity, Judaism, and Islam are three religions that have one god and they're going to say they're the same god. All right, I think I have time for this. As we were driving back from about a three-hour drive in a caravan out in the sand dunes, of this was, uh, let me think, Saudi Arabia. As we were, No, no, it was Dubai. We were in Dubai. This was like three or four weeks ago. So as we're driving back in, now, Saudi Arabia is very, very strict, but Dubai is a little bit more relaxed. So I turned to our Islamic driver, and I said, may I ask you about your uh, your faith? And he said, sure. I said, now, I understand that it's against the law for me to talk to you about Christianity. I said, so is, is it okay if I talk to you about it? Sure. He says, if I give you permission to talk to me about it, you have my permission. You're fine. I said, okay. I said, all right, well, then, did you choose, you're a Muslim. He said, yeah, yeah, yeah. I said, did you choose to be a Muslim because you researched all the gods of the world and you chose Allah? Or did you choose Muslim because that's what your mom and dad, your family members were, and you just kind of followed suit? He says, I became a Muslim because that's what they were. Well, of course, that's what I thought. So I said, well, do you know the difference between Muslim and Christianity? He said, there's no difference. He said, you're Jesus, the same Jesus we got. Uh, I said, no. <laughs> That's not correct. I said, can I explain the difference? Keeping it really simple. All of the other religions say that it's works. You have to do work to get to eternity. Christianity is the only one that says it's a free gift. All of the other religions religions out there, they all say that there's many pathways to God. Christianity says there's only one pathway to God. Christianity says that Jesus is the way, the truth, the life. And no man comes to eternity to live eternally unless he's asked Jesus into his heart. Now, this is a longer time. Con- mean, it lasts like an hour, but I mean, I'm, I'm condensing it. And I said, so When you prayed to Allah, was there ever a time that you felt peace come into your heart? No. I said, well, see, that's another difference. Because in Christianity, when we ask Jesus into our heart, there's a peace that comes to our heart. A peace that passes all understanding. And I told him about how when I was nine years old, how I got baptized and how there was this peace came on me. And I said, would you like to feel that peace? He said, Yeah. Well, okay, he's driving, okay? (laughs) We're in Saudi Arabia, driving back. It's dark at night. It's not exactly the place to hold hands and close your eyes and and do a whole sinner's prayer. So I simply said this I said, Then just say, Jesus be my God. Just say, Jesus be my God. He said, Jesus be my God. And I said, Do you feel that peace? He said, Yeah. Yeah, I feel that peace. I mean, he about went off the road. Um, I'm only saying that if you haven't asked Jesus into your heart, it can be that simple. Just say, Jesus, be my God. I would recommend you ask your sins to be forgiven. Now, let's go back to this. So Mount Sinai is a mountain whose memory and meaning loom large as a place of revelation in the collective consciousness of Christianity, Judaism, and Islam, and others. As an ancient secret place... It was the site of prophetic experience and receiving God's message for the prophets Moses and Elijah in all three Abrahamic traditions and the prophet Muhammad in the Muslim tradition, CLPT 27 taking place in Sinai, can remind humanity of our sacred responsibility to care for God's creation. Well, this is uh, what we in Texas call baloney. (laughs) It sure sounds good, doesn't it? Here's the biggest point. We come to Sinai in a movement of repentance and quest. We seek a new vision for humanity and its endangered existence. And we seek to receive and amplify a message of life-sustaining living and habits that humanity needs to hear today. In this spirit, the project partners will bring together premier religious leaders from the world's major religions to put forth a prophetic inter-religious call to action. Here it is, here it is, here it is. Ten... Universal Principles for Climate Justice, or Man's Ten Commandments. The Interfaith Center for Sustainable Development, Together with the Partners, is organizing four multi-faith, for multi-faith climate events on COP27 from Monday, November 14th, through Wednesday, November 16th. The events will incorporate concrete examples of how religious communities are actively meeting the climate challenge and feature concrete initiatives that translate the broader spiritual practices into action. What are they saying? They are saying that they are going to come out with man's Ten Commandments. Now, I think it's very interesting that Leslie and I just got back from seeing Mount Sinai we saw the crossing site of the Red Sea. We walked through Elam. We, well, it me, I climbed about 40% of the way up Mount Sinai. I looked for the broken Ten Commandments, but I couldn't find them. But it may very well be that this is another finger pointing to the fact that the tribulation, if it's not started, it's at least near. And I would suggest if you're watching, if you've not asked Jesus into your heart, you better get after it. If you not ask him to forgive you your sins, you better get after it. Just say, Jesus be my God. Let's talk about Joseph Kitchen. I actually cooked this loaf of bread you're seeing here. It takes me about 10 minutes to put the ingredients together, put into a Bread machine, push a button. Two hours, 20 minutes later, I get a loaf of bread out like that. Now, if you cut that loaf of bread that weighs about three pounds, the loaves you get in the store have most of the good stuff removed. The loaves you get in the store are about a pound. That's three pounds because it's got the good stuff still in it. Cut that into 14 slices. And if I eat a slice in the morning and the afternoon, I'm satisfied. So on that basis, one loaf can sustain, I didn't say it's everything we want, can sustain a person, one person, for a week. Based upon that, it'll get you excellent nutrition. It tastes good, long storage life, 10 minutes to combine the ingredients, 2 hours, 20 minutes to make it. Other wheat that you order arrives in paper bags, which means bugs, rice, humidity, can get a hold of it and ruin it. But at Joseph Kitchen, they send it out in 100 mil thick buckets. Gives you long shelf life. It's stackable. The nitrogen infuses that hopefully gives it a lot much longer shelf life. Kills bugs and things like that. Easily resealable. Keep in a comet controlled area. And they have it in stock. This is a picture, an actual picture of part of the warehouse. Here's another picture of the these. Actually, each one of those boxes holds 2,500 pounds of wheat, and I think they've got 54 of those boxes, a bunch of them. So Joseph's Kitchen can ship it to you right now. You go to most of these places, they say out of stock. So here's what you want to do. Everybody needs to get a machine package. These are the things that you need to grind the wheat berries, put them into a grinder, 30 seconds later you have flour, you put that into the bread machine along with six other ingredients, push about two hours, 20 minutes later, you have a nice hot loaf of whole wheat bread. Then you have to decide how much food you want. You want food, two people one year, four people one year, six people one year. And if you want to make certain you have it when the electricity goes down, you can also get yourself a solar generator all at josephskitchen.com. josephskitchen.com. Next is I'll send you to empshield.com. If you use the promo word prophecy, you get a $50 discount. What is that? Well, it looks like this. This is the one that goes into a car. Okay. And you put the red wire to the red side of the battery. You put the black wire to the black side of the battery and the green one attaches to the body of the car. Then you peel it off right back here. Just peel it off, stick it inside of the the engine compartment of your car. And the whole point is when the electricity goes off or when some kind of a suitcase nuclear or nuclear device goes off, this is supposed to be able to stop that device from destroying every computer chip in your car. Because if every computer chip is destroyed in your car these days, you couldn't possibly replace them all. Throw the car away. So, EMPShield.com, promo code PROPHECY.